We're going to switch some things up today. Uh, normally we do uh, an uh, offering about this time, but uh, I want to do that because of our Rise and Build campaign, because of our Commitment Sunday. I thought it would be kind of cool to have us come down here with the buckets and, and we can toss the, uh, the, the commitments in. But as the Lord began to speak to me this week, you know, he really rose up within me expectation. So in essence, this isn't a finance message. This is a faith message. Amen. And just to kind of talk it through, uh, I'm not even going to touch on the building until the end. I was going to initially touch on that. I was going to welcome our guests. But if it's all the same to you, I feel really heavy to begin the message right now. So can you release your expectancy? Because at the end of this service, people will be physically healed. I can't preach a message on expectation and not make public declaration that people will be physically healed in this service. Can I get a little louder amen, please? <laughs> I'm just telling you what the Lord said, okay? Now, I don't always come up here and say that, but I'm saying people will be physically healed in this service at the end. Thank you. Now, I need a volunteer. I need somebody's wallet. Who's the first to volunteer? I need a wallet. Anyone? Bring me your wallet. I knew it. He's doing a commitment campaign. I know he wanted my wallet. Bring it on down. All right. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. What do we got in here? There's no money. in. Oh, there's some money. Very good. Ooh, nice money. Very good. Thank you. You may be seated, Doc. So... I'm preaching on faith, and I'm assuming that Doc has faith that I will give his money back. He doesn't care. I saw some of those bills. There's some nice bills in there. So, but, Doc, I probably will give you the money back at some point, just so you know. But let me, let me talk about creating expectation, expectancy, having faith in what God says in his word. And that's the genesis of this message, but it's the completion to the series that we began four weeks ago. And we talked about arise and build. And while we showed you the building, we said, man, this is where we're going. We're excited. Come September, we're in a new building. And uh, by September 1st, we're going to raise all of our soft costs to be able to move into that building. We were excited about that. We told you that, hey, the, 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 the loan that we're going to get for that will actually be cheaper for us to be in there than it will be to rent here. And so there's a lot of momentum. But I also said in that first message that it's not about building buildings, it's about building people. And Nehemiah had a vision to reclaim the walls, to build the people. And so out of that birthed our series. So we talked the first time about arise and build our purpose. And then the second message that we preached was arise and build our priorities. What is your priority? You know, is it a soccer game or is it the people of God? And then we talked about uh, arise and build our future. Pastor Arnie, I think blistering was the word that, that, that just evokes in my spirit, a blistering but amazing discourse on the power of giving. And then in last week's, <laughs> another, do I say blistering again? <laughs> awareness, arise and build our awareness that, that we need to wake up and, and see that the harvest fields are ripe and that there's people out there hurting and they need the love of Jesus. We need to be aware that there is a hell and there, there is a heaven and that people are going to go to one or the other. And so 
Now we arrive today at the conclusion of this series. And I'm just telling you, God has been, I wanted to preach this sermon four days ago. I couldn't preach it four days ago. I had to wait. But I was expecting, I was expecting, I couldn't wait to get my, my little pledge in here my, that I'm going to do at the end and, and uh, my commitment card and all of that. And I'm excited about what's going on in this church. But make no mistake, my expectancy is the people. We're here to build you. That's what this is all about. And I can tell you this, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I will tell you, when the rubber meets the road in your life, there are situations and circumstances when the rubber meets the road where you will have to decide not by what you see, but by what the word of God says. I'm an intellect. I like to dissect, bisect, circle around, figure it out, try to figure. You know what happened, though? It'll drive you crazy. If somebody asks me, how come that happened? And I look them straight in the eye and say, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're supposed to know. If I knew everything, who would I be? I'm not God. And would I need faith if I was God? You wouldn't need faith. So therefore, if the just shall live by faith, and faith is the substance of things hoped for and the things, the evidence of things unseen, I need this in order to please God. Are you following with me here? Faith is another word for expectation. And living in a state of expectation. Now, I've got this money in my pocket, Doc. I'm, uh, I'm going to put the money back in your wallet. I'm going to reward your faith. But I do expect you to put it back into the offering plate when we do the. But let me talk about faith. I, like I said, I'm an intellect. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I grew up believing as a child that miracles ended when the apostles died. That was what the denomination indoctrinated me to believe. So. Everything that could be explained, it, it was interesting. You, they would ask you to release your faith that when you die, you'll be in heaven with Jesus if you say a prayer. But that healing stuff ended 2,000 years ago. That, the God that, that can do amazing, miraculous things in your life, that ended 2,000 years ago. Until life happens and you face a crossroads. And you're thinking, God, you either are or you're not. And if you are... I need you to show up now. And when you're there and you're in that place, your mind, you need to put it aside. <laughs> you need to put aside what your brain will say, what your circumstances will say, and you need to go to this book and you say, God, what do you say? What do you, what do you say about my finances in the middle of a recession? What do you say to me when my body is screaming? that it doesn't want to stand up because it's so ravaged by cancer. What do I do in those circumstances? Have faith in God. The enemy wants to rob you of your expectancy. The enemy wants to tell you about all of the circumstances before where God failed you. But that's contrary to what the word says when it says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. And he died on that cross to change your life. And eternal life begins here. It doesn't begin when you get to heaven. Can I get an amen? Okay. 
Now, let me give you practical applications of faith. You drive down the road. My expectation is that the person on the other side of the road will not come over and kill me by veering into my lane. Can it happen? Sure it can. But what is my expectation? What am I releasing it for that I'm going to get from A to B without getting smashed? Otherwise, let's flip that around. What if every time I got in my car, I expected Jan to kill me by weaving over, right? You know, in the other lane. That would be pretty terrifying, right? Here's the thing. There are no atheists. What do you mean there's no atheists? There are no atheists. They put faith in something. Are you guys tracking? They put in faith in the fact that their boss is going to pay them on time every week. If you don't expect that, you need to find another employer. So we operate in practical faith all the time. I expect people to keep their word. Can they let me down? Sure they can. But what if I lived in expectation that every time I talked to someone, they were going to lie to me? Are you guys getting this? Can they lie to me? Sure they can. But it's practical expectation. And here's the key. Whatever you meditate on the most, that will determine the course of your life. If you expect bad things to happen, guess what? They will. If you expect the goodness of God in your heart, guess what? He will. Because it says the just shall live by faith. Man, you guys are awesome today. I love the energy in this place. So faith 101. I gave you those scriptures. Faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, let's go to Ephesians 2.8. Let's put that on the screen. What we get, we expect if we believe God's word. Now, here's Ephesians 2.8. How do we get it? Where do we get it from? It says in Ephesians 2.8, for it is by grace... You have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So each and every one of you has faith. Don't tell me you don't have faith. You have faith. It's a gift. You can't conjure it up. You can't muster it up. God gives it to you. Then in Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know what a recipe for disaster it is in our lives? Is to never read the word of God, to watch CNN morning, noon, and night, and ask God at a convenient time to step in and fix your fear. Hello? What you meditate on, what you pump in there, is going to dominate your destiny. This is why we harp on ad nauseum to get into this word because this word is life-changing. When I realized this was not only a love letter, but a source of great power, do you know that the Bible says that this is a seed? Do you know that it says that Jesus is a seed? And that the seed is the word of God, so when you plant Jesus, hello, faith is released, so wouldn't it make sense that if you want more of Jesus, you need more of this? And then it grows, the Holy Spirit? So faith... This is how we build it, but faith comes as a gift. Does that, do you understand this? Okay. Now, the question that the disciples had with Jesus, and I'm just building a foundation, I'm going somewhere with this, but the disciples had faith issues. As we read in Matthew 10, the disciples were empowered to cast out demons, heal the sick. Jesus empowered them in Matthew 10. So then we get to Matthew 17. And Jesus has just come down off the mount, the transfiguration. He's talked to a couple of his disciples. He's come down off the mount, and they wind up uh, talking to this guy whose son was demon-possessed. And as the story goes about, the disciples couldn't 
heal. They couldn't uh, cleanse this demon from him, and they began to question why. And here's Matthew 17. Matthew 17, verse 19. It says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Now, let me set the stage that Jesus did cast it out. So verse 20, Jesus says to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, here's the thing. Many times they were not with Jesus. Are you getting the picture here? They were out doing these things well before this situation. And the Bible says in Mark 6, 13, that they healed and cast out demons. So in a sense, they're your faith healers, hello, of their day. They're, they're used to getting results. So they were living with expectation. But on this situation, what Jesus is clearly saying, here these disciples have come off the mount. Peter's been with them. Lord, and, and what the Lord really showed me on this thing is that it's expectation and time in his presence Time in his presence, you can't have the power without his presence. Guess what? His presence is here today. It's on me today. I'm telling you, it's here. I didn't ask for this. Did I say faith is a gift? I'm operating in it today. I expect you to be operating in it today too. Amen? It's coming. The anointing's here. So what what he's saying is, you don't fast to get God to move. You fast to get closer to God and watch him move. So you're, you're, you're close to God. And what he's saying is your unbelief. How do we get rid of unbelief, folks? How do we get rid of it? It's kind of like a filter. Have you ever seen a filter that comes in that gunky stuff? Just kind of, but if you kind of filter it out, you know, and then you keep washing more water and Pretty soon it's purified, more water comes through and it purifies that. If the Holy Spirit represents that water, what do we need? How do you get more of the Spirit in your life? Read the Word. Plan it. Now, here's the cool part about what the Word does. When you put the Word in, you get the results of the Word out. So imagine it's like that. So to me, if I'm the enemy of God, what is the one thing that I want to do to rob you of your faith? What's the one thing? What's my best strategy to do that? Keep me out of the word and make sure that you have a lot of people telling you that the word doesn't work. That is the genesis of this message today. Because I will tell you, and you're going to see this in scripture, there are barriers to creating expectation in your life. That would be one of them. So not being in his presence, not being in his word. Now, I want to talk about a man named Caleb. How many of you heard of Caleb? What I love about that story is he was a spy. He was in a time where the Israelites had been out of the Exodus. I mean, Moses, you know, they made a movie out of it, as Pastor Arnie, I think, says a lot, that Charlton Heston, you know, the whole, had a lot of whirlwinds and locusts and plagues and all that. So they get delivered from Egypt. And they're wandering in the wilderness. What should have been an 11-day journey became a 40-year epic. And what happens in that time is they are about a year or so into it, uh, give or take, year or two. Uh, they come to the promised land. 
They're on the doorstep at a place called Kadesh Barnea. Remember that name because I'm going to preach to it in a second. But Kadesh Barnea, this was an oasis spot. And so the spies are sent out. Moses says, you 12, you go out there, you spy, you tell me what you see and how we can defeat the enemy. Now, keep in mind, they've just watched God deliver them pretty recently from a major deal. And let's correlate that to you. I bet you, we talked about looking at practical applications of faith. Look at your life right now. And instead of focusing on the ways God hasn't delivered you, looking back to Egypt, start looking at what he's done for you, okay, to create that expectation. Are you guys tracking? Okay, so you got it. You got to look forward and you got to stay in his presence. Now, Caleb's at the doorstep. He was a hard charging. Yes, we can do it. Let's take the hill kind of guy. But he was one of only two. The other 10, not so positive. So we come to Numbers 13. And here's what Caleb says. Here's what they say. Joshua says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once, take the land. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. Say bad report. By the way, you're not bad reporters. You know, I had a profession where I was a reporter, and a lot of the things that I had to do were bad news. Do you know bad news creates bad atmospheres, which creates more bad news? And before long, you're depressed. I, I don't feed on that stuff anymore. It's funny. I actually don't watch the news. I had 15 years in the broadcast news industry. I did my time. I know how it works. And I can tell you, this is a better report. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. So another barrier to creating expectation is two things. One, when the grapes don't look as big as the giants. Because the land flowing of milk and honey that God told them. God said, I want you healed. I want you there. I want you in this land. Look at these grapes. Oh, yeah, there's a few giants. So what? Do you mean, my rational linear thinking, I would have said, I just watched him do locust plagues and ten commandments and all these spectacular things. Surely we can take these giants. That's where I would have been. Or would I have been? And that's a question for each of us in every situation. And so we're, we're in that moment. And here's, here's what he says. He says, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Now, it's interesting. I always forget about that back part. Here's the thing. The way you view yourself, if you view yourself as a grasshopper, guess what? Other people will view you as a grasshopper. They were defeated in their mind before they ever made a step. And the problem is, is that our Christians of today don't understand how much power, love, grace, anointing, favor they have when you're walking in step with the King of Kings. We view ourselves as grasshoppers. You know what grasshoppers do? They hop. They hop from church to church, from ministry to ministry, from pastor to pastor, to marriage to marriage. Grasshoppers hop. You are not grasshoppers, grasshoppers. Right? Let's not have a barrier of expectation because we view ourselves as grasshopper. That's a huge barrier to expectation. 
Are you guys understanding how important you are to the kingdom? This is good preaching. You are valuable to the kingdom. Certainly more than a grasshopper. Certainly more. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Caleb said we can take the hill. Now what's interesting is, if I'm also Caleb and I really believe that we could take that hill, are you meaning to tell me now that we have to forfeit the promise because ten other spies said we couldn't? I'm mad. That means I have to have patience. And I'm the guy that's at the microwave going... I mean, I imagine how Caleb and Joshua must have felt. They knew in their spirit that they could take the help. They could take it. Faith without corresponding action. The, the hindrance spot was Kadesh Barnea. Here's another hindrance to expectation. Kadesh Barnea was an oasis in the desert. It was not the promised land. Kadesh Barnea was a refreshing spot. It was not the promised land. And when you live in the refreshing spot, if you put Kadesh Barnea here as comfortable and the promised land was here, there's a few giants that you have to fight along the way. And oh, by the way, there's people within the people that will talk you out of that, which I'm going to preach on in just a second. People within the people. Remember, those were the promised, those were the kids of God, the children of Israel. The bad report came from who? The people within the people. People within the people will talk you out. They will create terrible self-esteem for you. They will talk you out of your miracle. They will make sure that you surely don't enter the promised land. I'm going to hang out with the Caleb's. I'm going to hang out with the people that says, yes, we can. And I'm, I'm going to hang out with the people that say, yes, we can, but only with the power and anointing of Jesus Christ. Because that's the key. And the anointing comes from where? In the presence. By feeding on what? The word. Power in the presence come from the word. Faith without works is dead. You can't build your faith without this. Huge, huge thing. Now, number 16. Let's move on. So, so here they forfeited that. By the way, no one under the age of 20. Two million people died in the wilderness. Two. All of them over the age of 20 got in later as we get to. But two other guys, Joshua and Caleb, were the only two that were older that got in. Now, go to number 16. Once, once people try to talk you out of this Christian thing or whatever, you've got people within the people. And by the way, that can mean anybody who sounds religious to you. The people within the people that say, well, I go to this church and, you know, that's a lot of hype about that healing stuff. I don't know if I buy that, but I'm telling you, I believed it first, and then I've seen some ridiculously cool things that God has done. Does Every time I lay my hands on someone get healed? No. But do you want me believing doubt over you too? Remember, we, did we talk about expectation? Do I expect people when they drive across the street to run into me? No. I expect what? The goodness. So here's my point. I'm not the healer. I'm the one who's creating the expectation by feeding on this word. I'm imparting it to you, and I expect you to do something with it. So at the end of this service, after we've done the offering thing, I expect you to come down here, have our elders of the church pray over you, and you get healed. Amen? And by the way, if you're in unforgiveness, you need to drop that like a bad habit today because that will block it. That one was free. So number 16, number 16. Uh, this is big. Now, 
We've talked about the hindrances. Now here's number 16, verse 12. It says, Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they replied, We refuse to come before you. Now, let me set this up before we go to the next verse. In this situation, there's a guy named Korah. They're still out in the wilderness. He creates this big rebellion. He wants to be the big chief. Okay. The problem is, is that now that we've moved from the Kadesh Barnea, which was the resting place, we're still kind of hanging there. We're not in the promised land. Now all the voice vultures start coming in. Well, Moses, you let us down. Okay. The people within the people. So here's the next part. Now this one is key, folks. Verse 13, right here. Number 16, verse 13. Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt? Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt? A land flowing with milk and honey. Stop. Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey? Do you realize what Egypt was? It was a taskmaster place. They were slaves. It wasn't a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a desert, slave-driving, terrible place. Their perception on reality was in the desert. They were like delusional. They're nuts. It was not a land flowing with milk and honey. That is the vomit that we look back years prior, and that would be like me saying, yeah, you know, the bar scene was great. Now, for those of you who know me, I was an ex-drunk 14 years ago. July 2nd, 1996 was my last drink. But I can tell you, when I'm in that process of drinking, looking 14 years later, let me tell you, I remember praying to the porcelain god. I don't look back and go, ooh, the buzz was great. That was Egypt. It was certainly not a land flowing with milk and honey. Other things were flowing, but that wasn't it. Many nights. The people within the people. Not feeding on the word. Not staying close to the source. And then having the delusional thinking that Egypt is better than the here and the now. Because God is the God of I am. He's here. Verse 14, what's more, you haven't brought us into another land flowing with milk and honey. You haven't given us a new homeland with fields and vineyards. Are you trying to fool these men? We will not come. So now the blame game comes, and it's all the pastor's fault. It's all the leader's fault. Your fault. You preached that message, and I don't buy it. Nothing happened, and it's all your fault, pastor. Hello? Two things. One, I'm not the healer Jesus Christ is. Number two, It's not about what I can do, it's what he can do, and he says to believe it, and then you'll receive it. That's all I'm supposed to preach, folks, to create your expectancy. Remember, what what dominates your thinking, if I believe someone's going to run into my car, I'm telling you, folks, at some point I will start driving in weird ways, practically speaking, I will start driving expecting somebody to run into me. Guess what will happen? Someone will. It's spiritual law, folks. Spiritual law. People within the people, too, are huge. Sometimes, like I said, it's the Christians that will talk you out of that. We don't need that in in this church. Now, Joshua. Let's go to Joshua 14. Joshua 14. Now, Caleb, let's fast forward 40 years later. Guess where we're back now? We're out of the wilderness. Well, we're back in the wilderness. We've been in the wilderness. But we're back at Kadesh Barnea. Now there's new leadership. Joshua is the, the leader now. Moses has, has moved on to be with the Lord. So now we have Joshua. And they're at Kadesh Barnea and the place of refreshing. 
And Caleb now, remember, put yourself in Caleb's shoes. You're probably itching to get to that promised land. This was the hindrance spot. This is where the people within the people messed everything up. Now, here's what you don't see in the Bible. You don't see Caleb moaning and complaining and you wretched people who kept me out of here. Because I'll tell you, if he did that, he wouldn't be entering the promised land. Hello. I tell you, the Bible would record that if he did, but it doesn't say that. And so here's Caleb about ready to enter the promised land. And here's what happens in verse 7, Joshua 14, verse 7. It says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. So again, the, the hindrance spot. Ne- verse 8, nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Now imagine how emotional he's in this situation here. He's, he's seeing it probably with steely-eyed conviction. And he's outlasted those negative voice, voice vultures. And here, verse 9, it says, So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you've wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10, And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke to this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. Stop. He was 40, now he's 85. He had to wait for this moment for 45 years. Now, can I pick on you a little bit, just a little? Some of you won't wait five minutes for God to move on your behalf because you've got to find an excuse. We can't make excuses. And don't let someone, well, I don't know, I don't believe that stuff. Okay. I'm not going to believe that, though. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to say, if my circumstances today, if I'm in the pig slop today, my God says he will supply all my need, and I am not going to live my life based on fear. Now, I'm going to be real. Not that I'm never real, but I'm going to be more real. But I will tell you, in many cases where the rubber meets the road for us is financial. I'm going to tell you, the Lord spoke to me Years ago, in one of Pastor Arnie's sermons, he said, if I begin to learn to tithe, I will break the back of poverty over your life forever. I've never lacked, folks. And in fact, this year, this year alone, my wife and I, and, I, and I'm not saying this, let me, let me say this too, this is not out of arrogance. This is out of, this is out of because the Lord asked me to say, I say this in humility. We, my wife and I, percentage-wise, are going to give more this year than we ever have in our life. And I had a six-figure salary in Minneapolis. We don't have one here. Hello. Because I can't expect you to operate in faith for financial healing, for physical healing, for emotional healing, if I can't lead the charge. And we'll get to that in a minute. But here's my point. My wife and I left everything in Minneapolis because we had faith in two things. One, that God would move in this church, and he has. Number two, that we would be mentored by Pastor Arnie and Pastor Jan, and he would equip us through them. That's the other part. The third part is is that I had to have expectancy every day that he would show up no matter what I see. And I will tell you as a pastor... I've seen this place packed to the gills, both services. I've seen people empty out because the people within the people didn't like the vision. Or we were preaching on tithing that day and they conveniently weren't here. Now, I'll tell you that 
I can't be moved by what I see. The Lord says to me, you preach this when I want you to preach it. And I'm saying, Lord, they may not like me. And he's saying, tough, that happens. That's leadership. Get over it. It is a leap of faith. I can't preach faith without saying at some point, you're just going to have to believe. Tough. So this is nothing new. It's all throughout the Bible. Now, here's the, here's the part that's interesting. Verse 10. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. Verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Does that sound like a grasshopper to you? He's not a grasshopper. He's saying, I'm as tough now as I was then. Surely, watch what happens. Verse 12. Now, therefore, say it. Give me this mountain. Say, give me this mountain. It's mine. This is our, this is, this is his confession right then, right there. I've waited. I've, I've, I've dealt with the people within the people. I've dealt with all of these circumstances. Today is my day. Give me this mountain. Anybody have mountains? Give me this mountain. Of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim, translation giants, were there. And that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me. And I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Let me tell you. He never allowed people to talk him out of his miracle. It says in the Bible that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has been there forever. He was in the wilderness with, because who is Jesus? Jesus is God. If he's the same yesterday, today, forever, and he cares for the Israelites, don't you think he cares for you? We, we, we said earlier that he died for you. How much more would your Father in heaven take care of the basic day-to-day needs. Now, here's a challenge to you. I want you to envision something. Why do we settle for the scraps? You say, okay, are you preaching that prosperity stuff? Absolutely not. I'm saying if you follow God and you do what he says to do, folks, you can't help but prosper in everything that you do. The blessing of God will overtake you like no other. Here's lack, you're above it. You are the head, you're not the tail. If you're living in lack, find out what you need to change and get above lack. Amen? You shouldn't lack in anything. And you say, well, Ryan, I don't know if I believe that. What does faith come by? Ask yourself a question. How much word have you been hearing? If you don't believe that. Now, Jesus himself said, hey, I care for robins and sparrows. How much more for you? But when the fire's on, do we look at the giants and say, ah, I don't know, but the grapes, they look good, but I don't want to have to face those giants. And then you have the people within the people saying, yeah, you're right, you can't do that. Folks, we've got to change the Christian culture here. I'm not saying everybody's going to be Bill Gates. I am saying that if you do what God says and you allow Jesus and you rest in his finished work, it will overcome you. You will begin to work the principles of the Bible. And here's the thing. I would rather have a person. Somebody said to me, I just want what I need. I said, that's the most selfish prayer you could ever pray. 
because it's not leaving room for anybody else. I want people who want to serve the kingdom of God, not life church, the kingdom of God. I want them blessed. I want $250,000 a year salaries plus so that people can give more. I had this conversation with a guy once and, and it was like, yeah, I just want what I need. I said, but let me ask you a question. What if all of the people who love God started owning all of the stuff and they weren't owned by the stuff? What then? Well, things would change. Amen. But the people within the people will say, it'll never change. We can't do that here. Green Bay's lost. Green Bay is lost, but we can change that. And it takes money. It takes faith. It takes the love of God. It takes the grace of God. And it takes a, a, a persistence and a resistance to not listening to the people within the people. Your best friend who's a Christian who doesn't go to this church can talk you out of a miracle just like that. It's on me today. I'm sorry. It, no, I'm not sorry. It's on me. I'm, I'm preaching long, but I am going to close. Now, here's the thing. These commitment cards here. These commitment cards here represent a leap of faith. My wife and I, as we were discussing this, <laughs> we were going to do monthly. And then the Lord hit me and said, no, you're not. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. So then I began to think of a number. My wife began to think of a number. And I said, well, I said, what do you think? And her number was much larger. <laughs> she does have more faith. But, but here's the thing. What the Lord really spoke to me is, build my house. I'll take care of everything else. And if I lead that way, that anointing that's on us is on you. But I can't make you do squat. There are people here not today because they probably didn't want to hear this message. And this is the message they needed to hear. Desperately. It doesn't take faith in a thriving economy to, here's a few bucks. It takes guts and a trust and an unwavering belief that God will supply every time. So here's the expectation, folks, as we begin to take our commitments here. We're going to bring the buckets. We're going to put, let's put one here, and then we'll put one over here. Band, you can come on up. Um, what we're going to do, we're going to ask you just section by section to come up and lay your commitments down. If you are new to this church and you're not this, you wouldn't consider this your church home, take a pass. Unless God tells you to give, then freely give. Do what God asks you to do. But here's the expectation, folks. September is coming. We have soft costs to get in the building. We have soft costs that we need to get. We're believing for 75000 Every time I have gone out on a limb and asked for something, whether it be the sign or stuff for the kids thing, we've exceeded that expectation. God works through people. It is my full confidence and expectation that, that those soft costs... And I'm going to record this message. It is recorded, right, Joe? Or, yep. So it'll be there. By September 1st, we will have all 75,000 here. Above and beyond our normal giving. That's my expectation. I'm not cowering from that, and here's why. Here's what I envision. 
I'm not selling you a building. I'm selling you an idea. I'm selling you a cause. I'm selling you the idea that when parents send their kids back to life kids right now, that when they bring those cards home and they, they engage you and they talk to you about, mommy, daddy, this is what I learned and let's do this every night. You can't buy that. I'm selling you on an idea. Ryan, I don't want to be sold. I don't have to sell you. It's the Lord. Remember, hindrances. People perish for lack of vision. The vision of this church is simple. One, that we're going to reach Green Bay. We will. And we're not going to do it alone. We need other pastors. And they're coming. God's moving in the city. I, I know it. I feel it. I see it. But I will tell you, there are people within those people that don't want that because they want to build their own kingdom. I don't want to build life church kingdom. I want to build the kingdom kingdom. When you invest, and that's the word, invest in this ministry, it's good soil. You have pastors that have been on it. Nothing I've asked anybody to do, I haven't done. And I've done it when I don't have a lot. If you know Pastor Arnie's story, done the same thing time and again. Because we can't take it. Because there are times and moments in people's lives where they have family members that need to hear that word. If we don't fund it, who will hear it? People of God. This isn't hype. It's just a confident trust and expectation that God will more than meet our church's need. We stand for some really cool things here. I've told you, I've cast vision. One day, I'm an ex-drunk. I have a heart for him. I'd love to see a healing center where, can you imagine, I just want you to envision with me down the road. We're not ready for this yet, but at some point it will happen. But imagine uh, professionals, doctors coming in with a spiritual environment, not limited. They're volunteering. Let's say somebody's gotten a death sentence. They've got five months to live, so to speak. But they're in an atmosphere of faith and, and people are, are praying over them and, and doctors are caring for them. We, we love doctors here. We believe doctors heal here. Amen? But creating an environment uh, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, Jesus healed the whole person. I see it. In Life Church, doesn't even have to own it. Maybe, we, maybe it's bigger than us. But that's just, that's for the future. For the here and now, we have a lot of people that need Jesus Christ. We need to get them saved, and we have to change the mindset of Green Bay, that this is the way it always will be. It's changing, folks. So part of that is funding what we believe in. So what I'd like to do right now, many of you have prayed over these commitments. I've asked you not give on emotion. I've asked for you to give what the Lord tells you to give. For weeks we've been saying this day has been coming. And so uh, if you're not settled in your spirit, then don't put it in here. You can put your offerings in here too today. Good, good point. Yes. Your normal offerings and tithes can go in these buckets. We're not going to take a normal offering. We want you to come down here and whatever you feel led to give. And then after we do that, we're going to have that healing time. I want expectancy here. Amen? So let's, let's, let's start ushers and kind of just guide them in and we'll just funnel in this way. We'll start the lower level and then we'll go in the back. Here's what I want to do. I want to call some of the elders of the church. I want to know if you're in unforgiveness, Hope, would you go over here? Back by that cross. Stand back over there. 
If you're in unforgiveness and you know it, it's a barrier to healing. You need to come right now and you need to pray with my wife. Pastor Arnie, are you here still? Okay, can somebody go get him? Uh, Jan, can you come forward? Can some of our prayer leaders come down here and uh, we need to uh, get some oil here? The Lord, Lord told me this week that we need to uh, create expectation for the healing power of God. It says that with signs and wonders following, I will tell you that my flesh hates preaching that because God, what if you don't show up? But I'm telling you, he will. So come. Can we exalt him some more? We're going to pray. We're going to pray over the people. If you have a physical need, come now. We're going to wrap it up. The Lord also wanted me to share this. Some of you already, the, the seeds of doubt are creeping in right now as we speak. I just break that off you in Jesus' name. I break that doubt. I break it off you right now. Don't let the enemy, don't let the people within the people, don't let them talk you out of this. This is not hype, folks. This is the Lord, okay? Do not let your rational thinking mind sit there and go, oh, and find a way to talk you out. Just receive it like a child. Every great gift that I've ever received from the Lord is I came to him as a child. I could talk myself out of my own miracles. Don't be your own people within the people. You guys receive that today? I'm going to pray. I'm going to close. And then we're going to dismiss. Father, the word that has been buried in the hearts of the people today, I protect it. I thank you, Father, right now that over these people, what was deposited today, people will start doing what they haven't done before. The emotional bondages are broken. They're no longer grasshoppers anymore. And they don't view themselves as grasshoppers, nor do they view other people who view them as grasshoppers. Their self-esteem is changing. Their bodies are changing. Their emotional health is changing. Their finances are changing. Their finances are changing. Their finances are changing. Thank you for partnering. Father, thank you for showing up today. Thank you for showing up for this church. And that the people that deposited into this soil, that they will yield a harvest, both now and in the age to come. Thank you for the grace of Jesus.